Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, everybody. Before we begin, uh, it's time to say some thanks and some welcomes. What? Welcomes? Yeah, Gooder Sunglasses, people. They are back for 2022. You know what you want, you know what you like, and you know what you can afford. Well, Gooder has you covered. Protect those peepers with fully polarized, lightweight, Stylish sunglasses, even the indoor cycling gamer glasses to help you with the winds from your multitude of cooling fans. Get to Gooder.com today and grab a pair starting at just 35 bones. Next one, new sponsor alert. Bing, bing. Oh, hey, I, I have sound effect. Pat, did you know that you had sound effects? Yeah, you do. <laughs> the 24 hours of Riverside brings back the grand tradition of the celebration of the mountain bike to Spokane's Riverside State Park on Memorial Weekend, May 28th and 29th. Get your ass over to 24hoursofriverside.com. That's 24hoursofriverside.com today and get registered solo or with up to 10 friends or enemies, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, you know you want to do it. Put this event on your calendar for 2022. Big thanks to them. Wahoo Fitness people. Wahoo. There's going to be some in-depth talk about training data on this episode. And Wahoo is the forefront of this data. Data, 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 data. Tomato, tomato. It really is it? I don't, I, think so. I don't know. One of them's a Star Trek character. Get all the info you need, <laughs> along with the motivation and opportunities to keep things going over the winter months. Wahoo has it all. Get to packfiller.com. Click on the link to get started on your journey to becoming a Wahoo again. Finally, athletic brewing people. Did you know there was such a thing as dry January? I guess that's the thing. Yeah. So you do now. And if you're considering this challenge, let Athletic Brewing help you baby step your way there. Great varieties and flavors. Truly craft non-alcoholic beverages. Use the link at packfiller.com, please. Oh, let's do this. Last time for 2021. I didn't say that before I hit the sound effect. Crazy. I resolved to be more professional in 2020. Ah, fuck. I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, starting off wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like every resolution. You hope to keep it and then... Immediately gone. Then January 3rd comes and ah, back on the crack pipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The studio is a mess. If you can see us on uh, YouTube, you can see that the studio is a mess. 
And, well, what are you going to do about it? Um, but it's a mess heading in the proper direction. Oh, and it's a bit chilly. The space heaters are doing their job, so you might hear a bit of a whirring in the background, everybody. Either that or we will go full Wim Hof on the show, and I'm not sure we're ready for that just yet. Uh, welcome to Life on Two Wheels. Welcome to the Pack Filler. I'm your host, Patrick Bulger. We are live on YouTube, the Facebooks, and Vimeo. Is it Vimeo or Vimeo? Again? Don't. I've never been on the platform. <laughs> what? That's uh, if the kids what? aren't on it. It's uh, dead, dead art form, right? But all it is going to the YouTubes. There we oh, go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with me are the members of the pack. Let's see who's here. The question for tonight's show. How about this? It comes from GP Indicator 98. All right, GP. <laughs> GP Indicator 98. I'd love to know what that means, but... I don't know. It's it's not a bot because the person obviously had something that is related to the show. So uh, your question when I introduce you is, what is your favorite piece of equipment other than your bike? Like what you rank in terms of importance other than your bike itself? There's a lot there. There is. Computer down a little bit. I don't know why I always think the theme's a little hot, but then I listened back to the show and it was fine. But... It's my sensitive ears. He's our in-house bearer of the traditional torch. He's the master of melancholy. He's the one and only Paul Maine. How are you, man? Doing all right. Good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. A favorite equipment, if you had to pick it. I think I had a It has to be cycling re- related, I'm sure. It does. Yes, yes. yes. It's a, well, well. a good pair of riding shorts. That is number one. That's a contact that you don't want to skimp on. And I've seen you blow through riding shorts. Yeah. Yeah, certain like brand. Brand new ones. Yeah. yeah. They, I have no problems with... With Asos and Panache, and I have a pair of uh, Giordana, yeah. Giordanas that are 11 years old. Oh, wow. That I use on the train. They're kind of, they're thinning, but I'm not where, where the Castellis wore out. You ever ridden behind somebody whose shorts are thinning and you can see the yeah, crack, crack of their ass moving oh, back yeah. side to side? I just can't wait until they get home. God, my ass is like sunburned. Yeah. How's that happen? Yeah. yeah. It's it's not a pleasant thing to see no. because you know if if the shorts are worn out enough you can make out the fact that they've got a hairy ass too and it's, mm-hmm. nice. it's not a pleasant sight. Yeah. It's not a pleasant sight. Um, there's your visual for the day, yeah. everybody. Uh, second of all, he's got more than youth on his side. He's youth on his side. He's got leg speed and a hell of a resting heart rate. We just found out, Mr. Jackson Boulder. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Um, Am I allowed to have a split mind between two? I did. I did that too. So I technically cheated. Paul, if you want to add a second, you can. No, add a second. no, nope. he's good. He's sticking mm-hmm. with the rule. Oh, then I'll take the two. Um, I think I will choose a pair of shoes because there's nothing like a good pair of well-fitting shoes to make your riding experience way better. And also a helmet. Helmet. Yep. You've always been kind of important about a hel- uh, helmet looks. Is is fit and and ventilation a part of that, or is it just yeah. looks? Yeah, I got a big old head. Yeah, so I gotta get a helmet that fits me well, but also gives me the amount of coverage that I need. Because how many how many heads do we get? Not that many. Mm-hmm. Only get one, so might as well take care of it. There's a sex joke in there, but I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> I'm going to stay professional. Because it came from your son. Yeah, it's, yeah I don't want to exactly expand <laughs> on that one. Me, I'm just here to push buttons. I'm Pat Bulger. My favorite piece of equipment, I it, I, I don't have to s- split it now because you took one of them, footwear. Um, mm. I, I've always believed that uh, don't skimp on, on your contact point, be it work shoes, be it yeah. walk around shoes, be it anything like that. 
Uh, if you got shitty, if you your shoes are shitty, your legs are going to feel bad, your knees are going to feel bad, your back's going to feel bad, and everything's just going to go to hell in a handbasket. I work on concrete floors um, all day, and so I've never skimped on work for shoes just because I don't want to feel like crap at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so I, I basically said I was going to skip shoes, and then I talked about shoes. But I'm gonna say my my original other one it's is important. Is uh, is is eyewear. Uh, my father always said, um, never ever. He he never said he's still alive. But he um, he never let me leave the house on my bike without a pair of glasses on, either clear lens or dark lens or whatever it was. And it was always and I. It's funny, Jackson, that you mentioned helmets because I always remember telling your mom that I will buy you the coolest helmet in the world as long as you promise to wear it. And mm-hmm. it was like, if you thought it looked cool, you'd be more apt to put it on your head. I, the same thing with glasses. I don't know how many times I've had a bug or a rock bounce off my, my lenses and my glasses. And it's always just been like, holy shit, thank God I had those on. Yeah. Although when it rains or it's snowy or shitty or now that my eyes are going bad and I don't have prescription, I'm not buying prescription sunglasses. <laughs> I'm not going to do it mm-hmm. because yeah. I just don't like it. To, you know, and my contacts work. And so I just, you know, kind of stick with that. I'm a baby taking them out. I'm terrible at taking out contact lenses. I never even thought about shoes because I've always had really good shoes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My first pair were lace-up Vittorias. And I went to Maurice's and then CD's. Have you been CD ever since? Yeah. 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 I started with Duigi's, white Duigi's. Nail on. You nailed on. No, they were nailed. They were, they were, I think they were bolt on. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, my dad bought them because Rebecca Twig had them in a Sports Illustrated angle (laughs) article. And and, I, you know, who didn't have that picture of Rebecca Twig up on their walls Mm -hmm. when they were juniors. But, um, I, I I remember when I showed up to my first club ride, I got some shit from the team. It's like, fuck, man, who's the punk new guy with the white Duigis? I think back then they were like $180. Yeah. Which is expensive for a pair yeah. of cycling shoes. Mm-hmm. But they were cool. Wish I could find them. Wish I could find a pair. I'd wear them just, you know. And to kick around? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wear them around the house. Clip, 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 clip. Slip. Whoa. Down the yeah. stairs. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you guys, how was the holiday? Did you, first of all, you know, I got to ask if anybody's riding. How did that go? Um, and uh, how'd the holiday go? And it, any great Christmas gift uh, revelations that, that came out of, of the holidays itself. Anybody want to jump into that one? Uh, you know, we are day, a couple yeah. days after Christmas here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Writing wise, I'm getting back into it. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much all I have to say there. You know, it's not <laughs> that exciting. Uh, I rode yesterday, um, but then I rode, I think the day before Christmas Eve. So okay. yeah, just took the holiday period and then yeah, got back on it. Um, you mean it this time, right? I'm, I'm gonna start, and I mean it this time. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, I don't have anything else to do, you know. So. Yeah. Um, but holiday-wise, um, you, Dad, luckily got me um a pair of the same pedals you have, the power pedals. Yeah. Uh, so now I've got a power meter, which I am super excited about. I was telling you that it's like, oh, you know, power meters are cool. I never think I'd have one, but. Here we are. So I'm pretty yeah. excited to see those numbers. Yep. Is that what encouraged you to get back on the bike? You put no. The pedals on. Uh, Have you put the pedals on yet? No, because that's oh. that's gonna go on my BMC. Ah. Yeah. He, he doesn't trainer ride the trainer on his BMC. Mm-hmm. I use the, uh, the ever track. reliable Trek. Mm-hmm. 
because of through axle and because of fear of damaging your bike, right? Yeah, and I don't know how. It's got a nasty scratch on it too already. Yeah, some exactly. Fucker hit it with a <laughs> <laughs> measuring cutting guide or whatever it was. Yeah. God, I just I can still see it in my nightmares. Well, and I, I also think about like how's the gearing gonna adapt to like how's electronic gearing gonna adapt to a different cog set? Do I have to index oh, it? Shit. Do I have to do all that stuff? So I'm like, you know, it's not worth it. The tr- I have the Trek. It's a great bike, and it's not carbon so it can be bashed around a little bit on a trainer so yeah. that's mm. the thought process good thought good thought Polly, how was the holidays and everything like that pretty good went and saw went over to my grandkids no oh. grandsons watched them open presents my daughter filled me to the gills but didn't ride those are the two days i didn't ride but outside of that i've been staying on task oh fuck yeah. really so yep so <clears throat> it's not much shit. it's just the whatever the wahoo's training yeah. schedule but I'll step it up come January 1st. So there's just something to – it's kind of nice, nice about, about having that already yeah. figured out. I'm like, what do I want to ride You know, when I did Zwift? I think I, sh- I just did intervals. I won't do it again. I'll just tool around. Well, you don't. No. Yeah. And that's <laughs> counterproductive. So. You end up going, oh, yeah. chase that fucker or yeah. something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. See, Iceland? Just, yeah. I've never seen from – I'm going to see what Iceland's yeah. all about. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that guy, that guy's obviously after. way doper. I'm yeah. going to have <laughs> stuff like that. Um, I, uh, that scares me that you're now going to step it up, and I think you've been training more than any of us. Um, me, I, I I rode three times this week. Um, I did a start a, a, a new plan on system just to kind of get, get things going. And like you say, it's to look on it every day and go, okay, this is what I got to do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't – is it the most – beneficial workout who knows but it's a workout i mm-hmm. mean i getting something in and yeah. i i look at that schedule and i feel guilty if i didn't do it and so it's a it's a good motivator um and i did um just one of the weights not weights because there aren't any weights the strengthening systems mm-hmm. and uh 12 minutes and i was sore for three mm-hmm. days it's like it's all body weight stuff you know i did the one water bottle in your hand kind yeah, of yeah. thing like that but the balancing it's good shit it's mm-hmm. really good shit i yeah. i mean i'm i'm a i'm a believer so um so three rides plus a couple of those in um holidays i did bulk of the cooking and hid in the kitchen like i told everybody on the show i was gonna do <laughs> and i did pretty good at that um i have joined the ranks of an air fryer owner now so i mean that was the one thing i was holding off and saying i didn't do during the pandemic i did not do sourdough bread and i didn't buy an air fryer and now i have an air fryer and i made tater tots in it last night and it fucking rocked way better crispy I- everything man it's oh it's so good. can i have your tots <laughs> napoleon <laughs> give me some of your tots uh i have new boots not cycling related uh, but th- we have to order new ones because my wife apparently thought i had baby feet and and I was so excited, and they were the color I wanted, and I put them on, and they hurt like hell. Which is funny, because you and I have the exact same size of shoe. Yeah. I got the right size, yeah. but you, did, you yeah. didn't. I don't know why your mother, for some reason, just kind of went, oh, he's got a smaller foot. It's like, no, if, if anything, I have a bigger, a bigger foot. <laughs> yeah. I've always had a slightly bigger yeah. foot than yours. So, I, Maybe she just thinks more highly or... Oh, grand, fuck more yeah. Grand, yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we she go. likes Jackson yeah. far more than me. I mean, that's a, that's a given. Uh, I have some fun shirts. I have some decor stuff for the studio. So I'm, you know, ready to go, man. It was a good holiday. You know, nothing really cycling came across the the gift bags. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. For me. Mm. And that was okay. As I said, I was, I'm now at that 
snobbish phase where I'm between where it's like the cheap stuff is is almost too expensive for family members to get you and the expensive stuff is ridiculous for family members to get mm-hmm. you and they don't you know I like my mother-in-law is going to buy me some tubes she doesn't know the <laughs> difference between Presta Schrader you know yeah you'd get a 26 inch yeah tube I get a tire for a kid's bike yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get a tire and not a tube or something yeah. like that you know so it's yeah but uh so there we go. Hey, uh, moving on, before I get to the news, I want to drop a tease of sorts. Stay tuned to packfiller.com as well as our new partner site, veloupdate.com. Sure, there's nothing there really right now, but it's about to get interesting. That's right, our foray into visual media continues. Several have asked what happened to coffee and comments. Well, now you know. It's headed to a more specific cycling and focused brand name. Yeah, who'd have thought? You know, coffee and comments. Really, cyclists couldn't find it by searching on, you know, on, on cycling content. <laughs> Who's the dumb motherfucker who names these shows? Oh, yeah. Let's get to the news, though, shall we? You didn't I, answer that. Not, Always a rhetorical. Yeah. yeah. It rhetorical. <laughs> it's not like Pack Filler really is a great cycling-based name either. So thank you for finding us. How did you do it? Panda Watch. Just <laughs> <laughs> waiting for it. Can't not. <laughs> Here comes a drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go, you guys. Say it ain't so, Maddie. Matthew Vanderpool has been forced off the bike for an unspecified length of time after his back injury from earlier this season flared up during the super prestige round of the Hosen Zolder on Monday. Alpeson Phoenix announced, Jackson, you and I were watching this last night. We were. And we're going, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanderpool finished a strong second to Wout Van Ert. In his debut at Dendermond on Sunday, but after a fast start in Zolder, he, he quickly faded from the leading group and dropped out of the race after 45 minutes. So Alpson Fennec said that the, after medical examination showed a swelling on the intervertebral disc and said it's unclear when he can resume training and racing. He will not be at the start of the Asen Cross in Lonehout on Thursday and will also miss the UCI Cyclocross World Cup in Holst on January 2nd. Shit. Um, so, uh, did uh, did everybody see the race? I know Jackson and I saw the race. Paul, did you yeah, see the race? Yeah, I watched it live, yeah. Um, I watched both of them. Really? Yeah. Uh, so, thought, thoughts on when it seemed pretty darn obvious that something was up? Well, I was surprised on uh, on Sunday's race. Um, that one, he took off like a rocket because he started way back. Mm-hmm. And he started fading, and I thought, well... Yeah. First of all, I'm thinking, well, here we go. It's going to be the same old thing. But then he, Wout just kind of served him up. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a massive yeah. distance. And I thought, well, he's just got from camp, came from camp or something like that. He's a little exhausted. And then same at Zolder when I watched him that on Monday. And, and he just kept fading farther and farther back. And they kind of assumed that he got in a crash because he was, like, all of a sudden nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I, I thought there's – then they said, no, he didn't crash. And I thought, I bet you it's a bike in my I'm back. And that's what I was thinking in my head. It, was, it had to be a physical pain thing. And mm-hmm. sure enough, yeah. then this news story comes out. Yeah. And how did he do that? This how breaks. did he hurt his, hurt his back? I don't even remember. That was a big mountain bike. Yeah, oh, shit. Oh, that was off that. Yeah. That was off of that. Okay. Mountain bike. Mountain bike. I believe there's that is a evil. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> It just destroys people. <laughs> Jack, 
Jackson, you left before last night. You and I were watching it pretty late yeah. at night, and you left before we fin- before we finished watching it. And neither of us had really kind of figured out what was going on with him. But was there a? Yeah, it really seemed like. Uh, and I said this last night. And I said, "Wow, he's been, like he's really dropping back. It must be a mechanical issue." Yeah. Just because like I've never seen Vanderpool in any race whatsoever fade like that. It was super. It, it was crazy to watch, especially with like Pidcock and Iserbit and like. Van Tornout being all like up the up at the front in the second group, it was like, where where is he? I I thought he would have been in contact with that group, which he was for a while, and then he just popped yeah. just out of nowhere. Um, yeah, it's interesting, and it also to me like raises the question of, is this going to be a year where Vanderpool doesn't like it isn't on the cross form we usually see, and is this going to be Wout's year when it comes to Worlds? Or is it going to be Pidcock's year when it comes to Worlds? Because it's tar- it's starting to seem like every race that Wout starts, he's unbeatable. Because I, I think his biggest rival right now, if Vanderpool is, is top gear right now, it, it would be him. But yeah. right now it seems like nobody's there to rival Wout, which makes the reason which is the reason why i left early last night was just because like wout's got 40 He's seconds over. yeah yeah like in a cross race that's the race is done mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's 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 surprising to see that we aren't getting the usual match you that we're always used to so here's going to lead my inevitable uh glass half empty type of a question even though i'm 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 technically i guess an optimist but not when the microphones are on um <laughs> Is this could be this an indication of of um, oh I don't know the idea that the body can hold up only so much constant high end pressure and achievement and that it maybe not be wise for an athlete to go full bore year round wink wink nudge nudge I don't go ahead no yeah. go ahead uh, I was gonna say it's it's interesting though because we're seeing Pidcock doing the same thing that I, and, Vanderpool and did. But, but Pidcock raced a uh, he raced the mountain bike season too. So he has more ra- like more racing than yeah. Wout would technically. And so it's interesting to see that obviously like a crash happens, you know. But we are starting to see that I people say this all the time with uh with Messi if he messes up if he messes up, eh, no pun Messi's intended. Up. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um that he is actually human. We're starting to see the Vanderpool is 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 human. He's has his, he can be hurt, and I think that we are starting to see the effects of what it is to race year round. I'm interested to see when it hits Wout, but I think we saw that last year at the Classics with Wout. He yeah. peaked too early, and that's what we saw the whole year long racing really taking a toll on him. Yeah, yeah I think um, you know with Wout. Uh, they were kind of skeptical whether he's going to go for worlds, you know, based on his performance and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, his focus is more on the road, but I think he can do it in his sleep now. I mean, he's beating people over a minute. I mean, the the second place is Iserbit and and Pidcock. They're the only two that mm-hmm. that are even close. And well, now Tunarts, those those three actually are the ones that are anything. But um, as in him burning out i think this is just a, a major in, injury i think uh, mm-hmm. from that crash uh at at um, olympics. the olympics thank yeah. you um that was harder than anybody thought uh, it took a while for him to get back in and i'm trying to think of right off hand how well he did after the olympics he did all right mm-hmm. but it wasn't like 
what we're uh, used what to. What we become accustomed yeah. to. Yeah. And yeah. so back injuries on a bike is nasty. And this has been now at least six, seven months since, mm -hmm. maybe six months since the Olympics. No, not, no, because it was in September, wasn't it? Was the Olympics in September? Was it? It was like late August. Late August. Yeah. Yeah. So in his back, if it's, wow, he just two two cross races in his backs inflamed. That's not a good thing. Well, it's also interesting to see that I wonder if Perry Roubaix had exacerbated any sort of injury with all that bouncing. Oh man, I wonder if there was something there too because he did pretty well <laughs> yeah. at that race. Yeah. yeah. So it's but not he didn't finish like we'd think. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people thought it was going to end like it was? It did. No. Every, I mean, everybody, if you had to bet your money at the Cafour de Labra, you would have said, ah, he's got this. Odds were with him yeah. for and sure. And he got third. Yeah. 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 I mean, he did a lot of work, but he's always done a lot of work. Yeah. But so I'm wondering if, and he was a beaten man at the end of that. Yeah. So. I just, uh, you know, we've got what, what seems like, and I'm going to touch base on this even with the next news story, is the you know the 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 birth of the immortals here we've been seeing these this young generation coming in that are just fucking dominant and amazing and year round and i mean are we maybe approaching that glass ceiling where mm -hmm. where we're going to get to that point where the, these guys just can't do this you know it's going to it's going to have a toll on them mm -hmm. and, you know mentally what what the what the what it's going to have on them eventually when they get to a certain level so there we go. Second story. Ala and the Blaireau have a sit down. Julian Alaphilippe has been voted as L'Equipe's champion of champions for the third year in succession after he retained um, his rainbow jersey in spectacular fashion at the World Championships. To mark the award, the Quick Step Alpha Vinyl, got to get used to saying that, Quick Step Alpha Vinyl, uh, writer participated in a joint interview in uh, for the newspapers with Bernard Hinault and the discussion inevitably turned to the Tour de France where Alaphilippe uh, placed fifth overall in 2019 after wearing the yellow jersey for two weeks. He now suggested that, that uh, Alaphilippe would um, have to be certain of his form before targeting the Tour as it would be a, quote, big risk, end quote. Um, and the world champion agreed with that assessment. And, and he's, Alaphilippe was quoted as saying, that's a perfect summary. And the problem is that you can never be sure of your shot. Why risk putting a season on hold for just one goal? All I have to do is get back, is get sick or crash after two days of racing and everything is gone. You can't plan anything on the tour. He know the last Frenchman to win the tour in 1985, that's a pretty big dry spell, everybody, has not always been generous in his appraisal of the generations who followed him, but has had words of encouragement for Alaphilippe and his aggressive racing style. I'm sorry, this is a long lead up to my questions, but there's a lot that went on in this interview. And, and Hino was quoted as saying, of course, we are similar. In the modern peloton, you are one of those rare riders who have the drive, who don't think and go for it at the slightest opening. Um, Hino told Alaphilippe, you, Matthew Vanderpoel, Remco Vanderpoel, um, if you... If, uh, you're bringing about such a change. For a long time, the big teams ruled and the others weren't allowed to move. You guys decided to change that, and it is great to see. Alaphilippe rounded out the interview um, but talking about the summary of the sport that we all love and ways in which you compete at this higher level. He said, there's a very big mental park that's undeniable. You have to like to suffer to win races, and you have to be able to dig deep into the pain to do these things. Um, you have to be a masochist to ride a bike. It's such a difficult sport. Um, so, uh, in, in, you know, to sum all that up, there was a lot that went on in, in what that what that conversation was about. 
Um, can we all agree that the sport is going through a, a, a change of drastic proportions, just like it did in the growth of dominating teams, such as the beginning of La Vie Claire, all the way up through U.S. Postal Service and Sky, where that really changed the formation of the sport, these super teams coming on board and kind of controlling everything in a lot of ways. And it now seems like it's turning to a style that favors aggression and attacking. Is that an agreement or are we mm-hmm. uh, any, yeah. any kind of... How about good points and bad points about this shift, about where the sport's going with this concept? I think it's great because from, spe- from a spectator's perspective, it makes it a lot more entertaining yeah. and it could draw a lot more spectators. Um, and I also think that it um, it creates a... it. There's no more hierarchy in a peloton where anybody can win now which I think is, is is a lot better for both the riders, but also for the, um, like I said, for the spectators as well. Um, I feel like we're seeing a lot of crashes, though. And I don't like, and I don't know if that's just as of recent. There's always been crashes in the sport, but I feel like we're starting to see a, a, a good amount of them, um, especially with the aggression and the constant, like, need to win. And it's super interesting because I feel like COVID kind of brought this about because a lot of these riders had to go into a race with the mindset of maybe this could be our last race of the year. Yeah. So whatever race you paychecks are on the line. Yeah. 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 And so you got to show your sponsors, you got to show your face, you got to do all that just to get money, you know? So it's, I think that could be a negative part of it that every single person wants to be a headline. But like I said, it, it creates entertaining for both the writers, I hope, and the people watching. Yeah, I think um, it is definitely. I mean, I, I started watching cycling in, in the early 80s, and it's, like you said, the power teams have changed, and there was always an El Patron, you know, yeah. the one that controlled, and uh, Duclo Sassal was notorious for that. I mean, somebody attacked, and they didn't, or even even Bernard Hinault yeah. would, would uh, there's a famous story about, was it Roy Nickman or somebody <laughs> at the Coors Classic down in Colorado back in the 80s made an attack, and he wrote up to him this Bernard you know, and screamed at him in French and was like, I don't care, this is my race and he did it again. Shit. And then he just pretty much like tried to push him off. You don't get to go until I say you go. And you hear stories yeah. about uh Eddie Merck's same thing. Lance um, did it too. Like, yeah, Lance did yeah. the same thing. But I think there is uh, as so many, you know, now we have su- such a melting pot of young talents are going in there and we hear from Oh, you know, anywhere from uh, um, Philippe Gilbert, um, you know, several other older riders that are saying, you know, the respect for older riders, you know, guys are diving in corners when they, you know, taking risks that to move up when they're not supposed to. The older riders are conflicting with that. And I agree. I mean, I've watched a lot of bike races and crashes. I think there's always been crashes, but the mass of pileups are huge. And um, and think- I think that's that's aggressive riding. I also think that disc brakes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That was part of it when disc brakes came in. Yeah. They said there's going to be less crashes because people could stop. And, and I I poo pooed that because I'm thinking when you're at thirty Momentum plus miles, not, no, yeah. it yeah. doesn't yeah. matter. It's not like it doesn't. The lockup is a lockup. Angels' up, wings do. don't come yeah. in front of you and cushion no. your, your your deceleration. Yeah. It may improve descending down yeah. a hill, especially in the wet. But in a group, it's uh, when somebody goes down in front of you, reaction time 
whatever. Yeah. And their speed is yeah. way higher now. Yeah. And that's been proven too. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. It does like, like Jackson to reiterate what he said. Um, it is more fun. You don't know. And, and the, the fear of, of sky going and taking their, their train and, and it's like, Oh, here we go. Yeah. That's all been mm-hmm. busted up. And it's not just one team that does it, you know? Uh, you look at UAE, they just did it with one person, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So one superhuman. Yeah. I mean, you, you one could say that the now alpha vinyl, uh, uh quick step mm-hmm. um was the team that that had that control over some of those smaller races classics and things mm-hmm. like that but the, but they didn't win all the classics mm-hmm. so i mean that that shows that that style has changed how about the idea of developing into a grand tour rider for alaphilippe uh good call bad call um and my other thing is is when this comes up why when a rider is approached with um, where to take his or her career, there is always this pressure of a Grand Tour. Maybe it's because he's French and there hasn't been a, ri- a, a Grand Tour rider since 1985. But um, Alaphilippe could retire today and have a you know Hall of Fame style of a, of a list of Palmares. Mm-hmm. But there's still this pressure upon him for a Grand Tour. Is this a good call for Alaphilippe to t- even discuss this, or should he stick to, in your opinion, what he does so incredibly well? I don't know. It'd be tough for Alaphilippe to both change mindsets because I feel like he is yeah. that aggressive, flamboyant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like shot out of a cannon type of writer. Um, it'd be a big change for him as well, you know, from going to, uh, like, from going from classics kind of focusing on like those punchier stages to doing a grand tour like that's that's a reconstruction of your training plan entirely and your racing style are all together you you don't yeah you don't just go when your heart feels it yeah you know and and as in a grand tour yeah you plan and calculate every single element so which i don't know i I mean, I'm. I don't. I don't know Alphalipe. I've never met the guy, but I wonder if that takes the heart out of racing for him. Because I, like, when I watch him, I feel like he, like, his heart is in that explosive type of racing that is entertaining. He's and, a showman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't. I don't know if a Grand Tour is very much up his alley. I don't know. That's that's it's a big ask for Alphalipe to re- recreate what he did in 2019 and then yeah. do more. Like yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, not so much. I see him more sticking with the classics. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Polly opinion. Well, I think I think he he does well on one day, obviously really well. Mm-hmm. And I think he gets a kick out of it. And I think uh that experience in nineteen where he was in yellow for a while got a taste of it. But um I think if he accomplishes what he wants on the one days, the classics and stuff, I, I don't see any problem. Why not? give it a shot at a, a grand tour. I think his clock, his biological clock is sure. winding down there. Um, <laughs> Which is so, so funny because what is he, you know, he's probably 30. I think he's yeah. 29. And I, I remember in a situation where um, when Greg LeMond, once he started faltering a little bit, he, he was a great classic rider. Yeah. Um, yeah. And until George Hancappy got second at Perry roubaix fourth place was the best fourth, in yeah, America. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I always thought he should have turned to, uh, you know, doing classics and, and, and hitting the monuments. And 
um, somebody asked him that question, I think it was like in cyclosport or something. He says, listen, I get paid to win the Tour de France, nothing else. Oh, yeah. And so then yeah. that's that pressure. And that is the granddaddy of all races, no matter how. Yeah. It usually is not the best race of the year, typically, you know, but it, it's the biggest stage. Yeah. So I, I would say, yeah, I mean, if you've accomplished everything else, you've two-time world champion. I mean, he's he tried to, he did well at, until he crashed at Flanders. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he has, he has that potential. I don't think he's done Roubaix, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, Liège, and he's been there for, for Milan San Remo. Um, why not? Yeah, the Grand Tour. Mm-hmm. For those of you wondering, no, there's not something happening in, uh, in your life that is causing dogs to bark. It's uh, <laughs> um, my mother-in-law's dog is here, and he is a elongated rat, and um, my my dog. Uh, is like you know when you know those people who see somebody throw up and they immediately throw up themselves. If a dog barks, my dog just goes ape shit. He, he's like, I don't know what we're barking at, but I'm gonna go louder than you, fucker. So <laughs> you know, he just he, so that's 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 the dog upstairs, and, and my wife's not home to tell him to shut up. So uh, okay, there we go. Um, this br- great opportunity right now to bring the, uh, to shift gears to our topic. Um, which was a great suggestion by Paul. Tonight's topic is, by the way, brought to us by our friends at Ambassador Cycling. You got to get fit to be fit. Improper bike fit means miles of misery. There's no better way to ruin a good ride than to have pain that shouldn't be there. Get to AmbassadorCycling.com today. Start a conversation and set up an appointment with the one and only bike fit Sam and get on your way to a comfortable 2022. Tonight's topic is numbers, data, data, information. It's kind of funny that after Paul, I think we, I, I think I hit the record button and took us live um, when you were still describing hmm. this concept. But when you suggested it, I came across an article. I mean, today it's like I'm almost positive that that Amazon devices are listening in on everything I'm talking <laughs> about in my life because I, I immediately came across an article on Road.cc about yearly mileage totals about how we see a flood of those posts coming over our timelines this time of year, um, people posting massive numbers. Uh, my whoop strap just sent me a video, kind of a uh, you know year in summary of how many minutes I rode, how many, you know, all my recoveries of the year, this total, you know, grand tally. And it, at the bottom of it, it said share. You know, you can mm-hmm. send this to your friends. They can see that you rode... 15,000 minutes on on your bike <laughs> and, and stuff like that. Um, we have an instant access to dat- uh, data like we've never had before. Power, heart rate, sleep, recovery, blood oxygen, for fuck's sake. Um, all this stuff that we have available. So I want to talk about the divide between enough information to fill a hard drive at one end, um, which is too much, and just going out and riding and knowing how you can go and and get the feel and you know almost in touch with yourself and the earth at the other so we've got the nerd at one end and the old school hippie at the <laughs> other end so um my my question for you guys to start off is is what information do you like and what do you rely upon so i may like versus rely and and how do you use that information it, it, in all of our in all of our stuff we have accessible to us from the very first Avocet cycling computer, uh, which had time, distance, and speed. And 
uh, it didn't, the t- clock didn't stop when you stopped your bike. It didn't do anything like that. It was just those three things on, on and an overall rolling odometer for the year mm-hmm. um, to now where we have oh, oh so much. So what do you guys, what, what bits of those informations uh, of, of information do you, do you like and what do you almost need? What ones do you really need? Um, from my perspective, I like all of it, whatever it's willing to give me. Um, sure. Yeah, like like I was mentioning earlier, um, now I have a power meter. I'll make that the biggest number on my uh, Wahoo screen, you know. Yeah. But do I rely on any of it? No. Like, I think I, I mean, I like to see it all. I like to see the miles, the my heart rate, all that stuff. Um, even the temperature I have on my Wahoo. Um, sure. Which yeah. is kind of nice. But I don't really rely on it. Usually when we're doing our races or like uh, the Thursday night stuff that we did, I would actually just zoom into time and miles and speed just because I didn't like I didn't really care about what my heart rate was doing because I'm racing. It's not like I'm really going to like, oh, no, reaching a heart rate. I'm going to stop. But yeah. like I, I think it's really beneficial for me, at least for when I train, just so I can reach like like if my heart rate's at 180 beats per minute, I know that I'm starting to reach that threshold when I'm training. But like in a race scenario, if I'm at 180 pushing 190, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm going to keep going until I can't anymore. So yeah. I like it all, but I don't rely on any of it. Paul, you're the opposite end. And I, it's perfect that I have you guys both in on this discussion because you, you have a computer, but you put it in your pocket. Yeah. Well, two reasons. It, the first one is that I'm so old, I can't read it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one is, it, it it happened. I used to have as Avocet twenty when they first came out, then the thirty and the thirty five, and, oh, the and they when they came out in colors that yeah, changed yeah, the fucking and the game. smaller, yeah. not this big black thing. I've got one on there. the on the Peugeot and the yeah. yellow one, yellow yeah. one, sweet. Yeah. But I got in a big <laughs> crash in the state uh, district championships or state championship, whatever they were. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today back then but um and in this massive pileup i had i lost my avocet and being a poor bike rider was halfway through the season i couldn't afford another one and it never did affect i'm thinking wait a minute i kept thinking i, I gotta have that well i was racing the only time i looked at it is when i when i was panicking like oh i'm not feeling so good how much further oh really it was all it was negative for me to get that information and if i didn't have that information you know, I just pressed on. If not, it's like ah, it was easier. I could feel my in my mind personally. This is just yeah, the way my mind no. works. I, I was starting to shut down. It's like uh, I can't. 
this is a one hour quit crit and 15 minutes in and i'm i'm anaerobic i feel like i can't push the pedals but it doesn't matter you got to finish yeah and so once I, I in fact it was a lot easier for me not to get that that data so um i do have it now and the weird thing is is like i was talking earlier i never had a heart rate everybody was there for a while when heart rates uh, monitors came out yeah. they're like 200 bucks remember pulsar they were polar polar, polar. yeah yeah and, and it's like why would you do i mean what does it matter yeah. in a race with your heart rate i mean that's my focus is racing but i mean all that information is good for training and even power if you're going to train with power but um i think in, unless you're structural like okay i need to do i mean you, your power you can always increase too but to me, it's time and effort, which really matters, and that's all I need for information. If I motor pace, it's one one minute out in front of the bike, get back behind the bike, you know, back and forth, back and forth, and doing these intervals. So I, you know, on training rides too, like, like you were mentioning, Jackson, it's like, you know, whatever your heart rate is or whatever power you're putting out, if you're in a bike race or even on the TNT, it doesn't matter if you want to be – in that front group, you're going to have to do whatever you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's fun to have that information. In my opinion, afterwards is like, well, crap. You know, yeah. I had a five my best five minute you know power output. Yeah. And then yeah. I think in on road situations we have a tendency. I mean, it'd be fun to match that. I, I'm, that's the only time it'd be good to have the data. Is what you really do in reality as to when I'm on a trainer like my 4DP, in my full frontal. I know I'm not pushing myself as hard as I am on you know on the road yeah it's because why why do i have to it's just a stupid computer (laughs) (laughs) see i i have always ever since my first have set i have always relied on at least um time and speed Mm -hmm. i i i have always been desperate about those i've i'm the kind of guy who's always needing to uh, the more information i can get the better um, I've always been that way. When I was on the on the rowing team in college, there was this um, uh, this rule in the boat that you're not supposed to look around. You're supposed to keep your eyes forward. You're supposed to be focused and things like that. Um, and I could never do it. Every photo of us as a crew rowing, my head's looking at the other boats from side to side. And, you know, our coxswain is yelling at us going, you know, we've got two seats up on him. And I am I was the stroke, which is the person right in front of the coxswain. I was like, bullshit, we got four seats on him. You know, and I'm, because I'm, I'm looking around. I need that information. In a one-hour crit, I need to know how far we're going. I don't know why, but I think my brain would do the opposite of yours, Paul. Yeah. Mine would shut down if I didn't know how much was left and and things like that. So those are those things that I, I really do need. Um, I, if... And this is this also stems off into the um, our, our our heart rate monitors, our recovery monitors, our our wrist mounted straps that we wear and go to bed in. Paul, you have a, one in sleep your mattress, number, yeah. yeah, sleep number bed. Mm-hmm. Um, if you woke up on, actually, they're all great for training. Let's just say that I think I mean my power numbers. I don't know if I want to see my power numbers in a race, just like we were saying. Because I don't want to look down and go, holy shit, I can't maintain 580 watts yeah. for, for more than a minute. Mm-hmm. But there goes the group up the road. I'd better not pay attention to that and go until I explode or just say goodbye to the race. So I don't know. Yeah, um, If you woke up the morning of a big race, and Jackson, I know you have done this, <laughs> and your recovery numbers were shit, 
would it affect your performance? Um, truly, would it affect your, or would it be a mental effect on your performance? And in that case, would you look at your recovery numbers the morning of a big race? Well, I did at BWR, and I was pretty damn low, um, but I still did the thing, you know? Yeah. It's... It's one of those things where it's like I I really like to know how well my body is rested and the effects or in the things that affect how I recover. I was yeah. t- my I gave my girlfriend my 3.0 when I got my new Whoop. Finally came by the way. If everybody was curious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, exactly. Um and we were talking about that. It's like what what is the point of all of these questions? And it's to tell like what is the best when you recover. I really like that information, but if I had like a state championship that day and I got like a 2% recovery, like in my mind, it's not, Oh no, now I can't race. It's more of now I need to gauge my effort. Now I need to know when I can really burn a match and when I need to just take it easy. That's what I really like about like the wrist or your, your monitors that you wear. Those numbers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It doesn't dictate how you live, but it just, it's in the back of your head like, okay, I might need to I might not be able to attack off the line. I might need to just like sit in and measure my efforts rather than be the Yeah, rather than attack. So that's what I think. Paul, would it would it affect you? Would it bother you? Or would you not even look? Well, I, I I've never had anything other than just in the last six months a sleep number bed. Sure. And of course I'm looking at it all the time and I'm thinking well, I made a mistake there. So you had eleven o'clock. What did yeah, they do at eleven yeah, o'clock? 11 o'clock. So yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's right. The dog jumped on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it, it's it's one of those things I can't control. Therefore, yeah. mm-hmm. th- this means nothing to me. I can't control how I sleep. I mean, I, you know, whether there's things on my mind or whether it's too cold, never too hot, but always too cold. Yeah. yeah. Um, that type of thing, and I it it doesn't affect me. But as Jackson's talking, uh, he, and using that data for like for recovery as he was speaking um you know i won't attack at this point now that's something that through time because i had never had that i knew my i know my body i've i've been in those situations and even when i i'm thinking the race is going up and this is a key moment i don't want that well you're maybe, only maybe 22 percent yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. you know maybe i'll wait maybe somebody else will chase it i don't i want to go by my feel yeah. And not by any numbers that dictate what I, I need to do. Because I know at this point what needs to be done in a race at certain points of the race. My numbers are always what I focus on is the course itself, the hills, uh, you know, the selective parts of the course. That is the most vi- the most important thing to me. But as we're talking, my dad, as I've mentioned before, was a fighter pilot. And... In the 50s, they used to try and get engineers. He, he was an engineer, but he flew what they call seat of your pants. Didn't use gauges. He, mm-hmm. he felt the plane, and that's how he did it. And then they tried to get I've some sort guys. of a thought about an apple and a tree not falling far. Yeah, I think so. I told him a story, too. I was telling him about you know, where Dada was right before he died. It was a week before he died because I was talking about my passion, which yeah. his was flying fighters, and mine's racing bikes and and he says we're cut from the same cloth yeah but he said you know back they were trying to really get engineers because planes started becoming more and more technical and computer i mean everybody knew the g-force the maximum on this particular airplane 
And my dad says, I, I could always tell by the reaction of the plane that the engineer guys, the numbers guys, had to use the numbers. I mean, that's how sure. they functioned. And he says, sometimes numbers guys can beat seat of your pants. Sometimes seat of your pants beats the number guys. Yeah. But it uh, doesn't matter. It's getting to the, the finish to win. And so, you know, everybody wants to do one size fits all. Everybody has to run by, train by FTP. I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah. And, and it affects, well, like we discussed, getting numbers for you. If in a crit, you need those information and yeah. a one-hour crit, and yeah. I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. Because I've had it, and it's foul for me. Yeah. For you, yeah. it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that um, I, re- I keep forgetting somebody mentioned to me in an email that I rarely answer my own questions, and I probably <laughs> should do that occasionally. But uh, just occasionally. Um, but... Um, if I woke up the morning of a race, a big race, and the plan was for me to do something heroic on that day, and I saw that my numbers were bad, it would probably stick in my head. It, I, 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 I would like to think that I would you know, blow it off and fight and be strong enough, but I'm sure that something in the back of my head would probably be that, that little demon on my shoulder. So it's, I might be the type of a person who shouldn't look at that data in the morning and go by feel this over this last week of Christmas in case nobody knows, um, I, I, I indulged a little bit too much over a couple of days in Christmas. <laughs> and I, there were a couple of nights in particular where I, Okay, I gained three pounds this week. But um, <laughs> there were a couple of days where I, I woke up in the morning thinking, actually, I feel pretty good. I, you know, I don't feel bad at all. I bet I'm, I bet I'm in the green. And I had a 26 or a below in the red recovery. If I would have gone throughout my day not knowing that that number was bad, would I have changed my behavior? You know, and, you know, and so it's just, it's, I... In my head, me, Pat Balzer, knowing myself, it might affect my behavior. And it might affect how I race that day. So I don't know. I don't know if I should look on those days. But then when I do look and it's a fucking awesome green number, I feel invincible. There were some Thursday night rides where I went into them with really good recovery numbers. And I went, I'm going to fucking crush it today. And I felt great on those days. So, you know, how much? Is, how do we? Weigh, how much of that is mental? Because you got the green light. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee it. It mm-hmm. was. You yeah. know, and it it is. It's a both. I mean, mm-hmm. sure, my physical health is good right now at that moment. It's probably a you know a ten to fifteen percent advantage over you know Pat Bulger from yesterday as opposed to today. But I went in there thinking, I'm green, baby, green to go. Let's do this. You know, and I, I probably was more aggressive. I was more mentally able to handle the attacks because my head was in the right place. See, I also would want to ask you, do you find that your cocky asshole is still around? I find that my cocky asshole is rearing its head um, in certain situations. So not every time you line up? No. Hmm. Okay. Because that, that is also an interesting concept of this is especially because like when i remember how you always used to tell me like during soccer like you're the best player on the field when you walk on yeah and then like i never had that confidence but now like now i do and so i'm interested to see i would be interested to see like what that would make 
Absolutely. If that mentality was always around, if that if the numbers even mattered yeah. anymore. Yeah. 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 There were there were some days where I was in a group thinking to myself, I'm one of the strongest guys in this group, mm-hmm. and I felt that, and I acted acted accordingly, yeah. and I you know blew up and got dropped. No, it's <laughs> that that also is killing the fast asshole is my self deprecating humor too. So, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I tend to make jokes about myself too much, and I need to be nicer to myself, and then I'm going to go upstairs and beat my dog for barking too much. <laughs> uh, what would you do if if you no longer had access to any of this data? I know Paul's answer, so I'll let him go. If you no longer had access to speed, distance, mileage, anything like that. Yeah, it is what it is. It, yeah. it, it, it wouldn't affect me you at just, all. You just yeah. look at your watch and go, it's noon, I'll be home by 3 or something like that. Yeah, I, I'm actually pretty good at judging time. Yeah? Y- yeah, even without a watch <laughs> Without looking at yeah. like bank clocks or yeah, something like that. I'm usually that. within 15 minutes. Really? Yeah. Well. Um, and I think that's something that you can develop, and that's something that I've, I just – I bought a watch back in 2002, but I rarely look at it. But <laughs> nevertheless, you know, you kind of develop your own little clock. I, I set an alarm every morning, and I wake up like two minutes before. Yeah. No matter what time I go to bed. Wow. You know, it's, I don't know. But um, I think for me, the information I don't like to, if I don't have, it's not so much my numbers or how I slept or, you know, the information during the race is not knowing Who's at the race? What, you know, what type of person See, is in the lead and, yeah. and the course and where the select that stuff is way more vital to me. And than, that's than your geekdom area. Yeah, that's an is. interesting thing that I didn't think of mentioning mm-hmm. is information might not be digital numbers. Yeah. It might be, you know, the of topography and the mileage of every course mm-hmm. we race. Mm-hmm. And I'm horrible at that. And but that's that's your that's your information. And yeah. Scooter does both. He does, he does. both as he keeps track of it, all his watches. He knows and who's everything. registered for Absolutely. races. And I do the same thing. Do you? Yeah. Do you yeah. really? Yep. <laughs> I just he's go. a little more involved in that, that yeah. part than I am. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just look. Man, that guy's got baby oil on his legs. He must be serious. <laughs> <laughs> People do that anymore. I don't know if they do that anymore. Yeah. I think I just aged myself again. But. Um, Okay, so it so you would now. How about if that data were gone? If you didn't yeah, know the course, I, I would be lost. Yeah, that you would be, be lost. I, I would be, yeah, I'd be lost without a doubt. Yeah, um, not knowing where the turns are, if there's a gravel section or if there's a hill coming up, um, you know that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Jackson, what? How about if the data was gone? If you didn't have any of it? Yeah, you know, I'd, I, I think it'd be fine. Um, I like. Like I was mentioning before, I like just to know my heart rate and training. Um, but when it comes to the real day, I don't really care. Um, and I've I've noticed that like with with the race information as well, like the topography and the people registering, like that doesn't bother me either because this is like I don't know what it is, but this is the first time that I've been like locked in on something where I can show up and have the mentality like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. That, when I line up, I'm the best one there. Yeah. Like, but that only comes out on a race day. Other than that, it's like that just, as you guys know, it's, it's quiet me again. Yeah. So it's, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I need the information, but I just, I like to know it's there. Okay. Do you think your, your attitude changed after, um, Belgian waffle ride? Um, I think. Did that give you confidence that you can do this or did you have it before? I think I had it before. Mm-hmm. I 
gained it when we were doing like a lot of our group rides and our races here in town that like that was like my mentality is like locked in and then i think when we did bwr what really came to me was that like like you can have that attitude and something and still be really hard mm-hmm. um but it also showed me that like and and a lot of people talk about this like for instance in a work week when things are like really like when they suck and i don't like uh, do I want to do this anymore? It's like, you can do 131, 131 miles in 114 degree heat. You can get through this work week. And so it really put a lot of things into perspective. Yeah. 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 That is a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. How about the apps, gentlemen? Um, how important is Strava, Ride With GPS? The importance of the social media element of Strava, um, posting how many miles you did this year, seeing how many other people posted this year, um, getting home at the end of a ride and seeing what you did, seeing what uh, your friends did and things like that. How important has that become to you? I mean, I, it doesn't have to be like changing, but it it could be a motivational factor. Um, the app, Strava, Ride with GPS, these types of things. Mm-hmm. How, have they, how, how have they benefited or cursed your cycling existence? You know, it's funny because the more we talk about it, the more that... I- more and more i realize that paul and i are kind of similar in this i don't care at all yeah i use it for my own personal gain yeah Yeah. um i like to know that i like to know what i can do but for instance i follow ted king ashton lambie i follow all of you guys on strava but i never really look at anybody else's rides yeah i only look at my rides because i want to know what i can do sure and like what i'm able to do but like for instance i like on instagram i post more on the pack filler account than I do on my personal account. And so I, it's, it's just an aspect of things that I don't really like pay attention to. It's all, it's all, all personal. It kind of sounds vain, but it no, is. <laughs> no, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. You know, for me, it's, um, when I got on it, it was, you know, you it, it had was a new. lot of KOMs, for which a is long fun. Time. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. that was a fun part. And then I just watched them, go away you know as more and more people got on it so but the the thing is 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 i like if it encourages there's people there's a part of strava that encourages people to ride and see what whoever you know it's kind of a unusual kind of um social media because i think it does encourage some people but i'm like jackson i never look at it unless i ride and i look at my information then I'm thinking while I'm on there, I get you know a couple of people you know give you a ride on or whatever. Yeah, thumbs up. That, oh, yeah. Kudos, kudos, kudos. Yeah. So then, then I feel like an ass because they're giving me one. So then I have so to go give through. Them back. <laughs> so I go through. <laughs> I need you know that day. same day, yeah, yeah. maybe oh, two, shit. three good days job, back. Good job, good yeah. job, good job. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and and you know I give them thumbs up, but I won't give anybody a thumbs up if it's indoor training yeah. or anything outside of road riding, I and mean, that is an asshole thing. <laughs> it's just like no. Nope. No, I'm not into that. So I don't. I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm not going to give you a kudos. So you rode the edge. Who cares? Yeah. You know, I don't. Rode the edge. Yeah. <laughs> Do you? Um, now, for example, I'll look. I'll look on some days, and I'll you know, I'll, usually after a ride, if it's warm outside, I'll sit on my back deck, and I I always call one of our outdoor piece of furnitures our my Strava chair, and. Because that's where I just sit down after a ride, and I'll I'll scroll through and look at all look my ride and stuff like that. In here, sometimes if it's colder weather, I sit on one of the chairs here and I'll just kind of look through it and kind of hang out. Um, 
but if I go, if I've done it, if I did a 40 mile ride that day and I felt kind of proud of myself and then I look on and uh, a group of guys or whatever girls and whatever did a, you know, a hundred miler or, or a 90 miler and they're people that I ride with and against that has an immediate effect on me. It, it that does provide that social element, that competitive element does immediately flare up in me. I'm like, Oh shit, I got to do I got to do a 90 miler here soon. I got it because I can't let these fuckers get one up on me or something like that. Um, I use them to compare my efforts. Definitely. I look at PRs more than I look at anything else Um, because I this last year, for example, I saw a lot more PRs on my own account than I ever have. Um, and I, that is a huge motivational factor for me. Every time I climb Jameson, I think about Jameson's one of these climbs and here nearby that has become my little angry mountain. And, and it's one that I climb as many times as I possibly can a year. And every time I ride it, I try to do a, a remar- uh, not a remarkable, but uh, some sort of an effort up it. Um, some days I'm going faster than others. If there's a tailwind at the base of it, I, I take that opportunity to haul ass as best as I can. Um, and I look for those PRs. They're, those are important to me. Um, I don't know, and I agree. Now, how about the, if it isn't on Strava, it didn't happen? Do you guys, you know, do we follow that? Do we think it's, you know... You know, we joke around and say that sometimes. It's like, oh, shit. Like, you forget to start your computer, yeah. Paul. It's like, oh, shit, got to start it. Yeah. If it isn't on Strava, it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I, I use it again for my personal, you know, data, that type of thing. And I do have to make a comment Yeah. that I notice uh, I'm more interested, but I don't go on it unless I ride. But since I've been on the show, I've had people follow me from around the country. And yeah. Mo- mm-hmm. And I get on theirs and I look at their course and you know i start looking at the you know how many hills or or the the route and i'll actually sure. do the research to me that's interesting but people around here i know and i you know, know the course it's not that yeah. interesting you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's still nevertheless there's there's a guy winston that that always i mean that's one of his deals he always makes a comment yeah. you know since i met him and he's he's always encouraging and he's you know uh, he's chasing all those those challenges and stuff, and he says, do you, are, "Are you doing any of those challenges?" No, I don't. I don't do challenges. I yeah, just, I I do my thing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Jackson, do you? I mean, do you need to post? Does it need to happen? Um, I like to show when I do like special things. You know, like with okay. the B- BWR, I would have been pretty bummed out. But I'm also now thinking about it in the fact that. I don't know if it's the fact that I like to put it onto Strava. I just more like a record of it. Yeah. Sure. I like to be able to look back on it myself because, like, I don't really care how many people saw that I did BWR, but I like to see that, like, that whole experience was recorded through all of, like, my, through, like, the very specific vitals that I needed yeah. throughout that day. I think that's more special to me, like, creating the memory. It's almost like taking a picture. To me, the picture is more important than the data itself okay. and showing it off to other people. Cause I, I, I like to have that memory always there. Okay. Yeah. I think, it, you know, here, here's where the data really matters to me, especially on Strava. Cause this whole year I just kept saying, I'm just getting older. That's all there is to it. And, and I've mentioned that uh, bike fit Sam and I went out and then I started looking at my yeah. yearly totals 
And so, so far this year, only rode 73 times. Yeah. I used to get 73 rides in in my heyday before, I mean, in March. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. And so it did help. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's the type of thing. I can't complain my age because I haven't really been riding. Yeah. But, you know, you get caught up in life and there's no goals for me because COVID with no racing is like, why, you know, I can do it next week or I can go for a ride or. I'll hang out with the wife and go drink beer or something. I don't know. But, yeah, I think it can be a good thing. Data can be a good thing. Yeah. I, I think there is a I think there is a fine line between the gr- grumpy old nerd. I mean, grumpy old grouch on one end who's still on toe clips and, you know, sticking his finger in the air to see which way the wind's blowing <laughs> to the total over-the-top, uh, you know, I'm going to say a triathlete who's got his aero helmet on, even in the fucking coffee shop. You mm-hmm. know, you've got you've got this range of of users and and sports, uh, you know, and and cyclists. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got that range, and I think there is a, there is a fine line to walk, and there is a time when you can probably become too addicted to those numbers. We were in Belgian Waffle in Jackson. There was a guy. I was I looked at you and I said, I want to beat this fucker no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was talking so much about his power numbers. It, and this is in the first <laughs> 20 miles of the Belgian Waffle Ride. He says, I'm just going to keep it between blabity blam and blabity blam watts. And I was going, I'm just going to make sure that in 130 miles, I am at least uh, a wheel length ahead of you. You know, that was my, <laughs> fuck it, I'm going to beat you, asshole. Um, I think I did. I don't know. I, I never did. Yeah, hope I did. I did. Damn it! You did. Let's just yep. say, Pat, you did it. But <laughs> but um, I that he was so focused on those numbers and that they were going to rule his day. They were going to rule his ride. He was going to spend more time looking at his handlebar mounted computer than he was at Chris Frooming. Everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think that's that's one realm of it. I love that information. I needed my wahoo during belgian waffle to tell me how far into that race i was Mm -hmm. i had i had heat exhaustion and i was thinking okay the next rest stop is at whatever it's 20 more miles okay i can do 20 more miles and then i finish the 20 more miles and say okay i got water in me i can do 40 more miles and i would i would watch those miles tick off and that was my my steps to get to those things so i needed those numbers if i didn't know where i was i don't know what i don't think i would have made it see it's interesting how mentality works because when i when i was going along through it i didn't want the miles I didn't want to know how long I had left because if I look down and I see, oh, you're 60 miles in, you still got 100 and some left. Yeah, yeah. Like that's crazy (laughs) for me to think about that. So I wanted elevation. I want to know how much more do I really have to climb and how steep are these pitches because we we had to reach an 11,000 mark. And once I got to that point, I knew that I could, that it would be easier. Yeah. See that's funny. I don't want to know the hill, the hill coming up. Yeah, I just want to look at it and go, oh, okay. I hope that's it. <laughs> and then when I get to the next top of that section, then it's not it. I go, okay. I hope that one's it. And I just mm-hmm. keep going, you know. But in a race situation, that's not smart Mm-mm. to no. not know how long that climb is. I can't attack at the base of a climb when it's eight miles long. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be a stupid mentality. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you know. Yeah, there's the like I said, there's this middle ground. There's yeah. a time when you want that information, be it what it may be, be it on your desk on your 
handlebar mounted computer or be it on your pre-race information going into it mm -hmm. but but there can also be too much is that what we're going to walk away with this yeah i think I, I, everybody has their it, to me it's like everybody can use that data for their own yeah. gain yeah you know whether you use some whether it's powers you're controlled by you can't let any of it, any of that data com completely control you yeah but it can you can use it to your benefit and it's everybody has their opinion what What's more beneficial I to them? We'll never forget PRE, perceived rate of exertion. Mm -hmm. And that was that was what um, my coaches always told me. You need to know between a scale of 1 to 10 what your 7.5 is. 7.5 was your time trial pace. And so, you know, and my coach would write out diaries, you know, di training plans. You know, one minute at 8 one minute at nine, you know, or something like that. And, the, the, and, and that was what I did. I just went out and I went at that level and that was a great way to train because at the time, let's say my eight on one day, because my recovery was bad, was different from my eight the other day, but I was still trying to go at that eight. So, mm -hmm. but there's something to be said also for an eight with a group ride, mm -hmm. you know, and that's mm -hmm. going to change the whole dynamic yeah. too. So, all right, there we go. Hey, you guys, uh, let's end with some fun. Um, it, it is it is time. It is. We are a few days away from 2022, and I hope you guys did your research And because we've been teasing about our New Year's resolutions. And I know New Year's resolutions are, are basically bullshit. It's like, oh, I'm going to get thin this year or something like that, you know, and then they're eating a Twinkie <laughs> while they're saying it. But, uh, you know, um, uh, and so I, I think we should – think about i asked you guys to think about this earlier in the day and come up with with three did i say three resolutions did i do you guys have three or do you guys have one as many as you want okay for yeah. example for example jack came up with six mm -hmm. so jack can take up the distance for you guys. yeah, yeah I guess. so okay, um, okay resolutions that you are going to do your darndest to achieve now a global pandemic could come in again and wipe mm -hmm. us all out yeah. and we're stuck in our fucking houses and Paul has nothing but but Zwift and I know Paul would just burn <laughs> his bike in protest That's right. Uh, rather than do that. So we're going to go with, you know, assuming everything goes according to plan, okay? Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to I'll I'll read Jack's first and then I'll do mine to give you guys an opportunity to uh to to think about yours into that time. So, Jack Broadhead who is here in spirit with us and who will be listening to this show a couple days later and live texting us comments throughout it that are completely out of context <laughs> and we don't know what the fuck he's talking about. But Jack Broadhead is going to number 1 <laughs> drink far less beer to get back to race weight. Good on him. That's a good one. That's yeah, a yeah, great one. Yeah. And I shouldn't have laughed, but because yeah. I'm an asshole. But <laughs> good for you, Jack. Number two, he's going to start 10 races. Okay. Number eight, three, he's going to finish eight of those 10 races. And he put in parentheses being a realistic cyclist. So I think that's at my expense. Mm -hmm. Number four, he's going to buy a current high end road bike. Right on. Number five, he's going to enter at least one cyclocross race. So this is ten races. I don't know if the if the cyclocross is one of those. It sounds like it's extra. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. six races already. And number six, he's going to do a crazy long race. 
And he says, race. Oh, he must have meant Fondo because it yeah, said condo. Fondo. <laughs> <laughs> Almost made a comment. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. going to do a crazy long Fondo or or type of thing like Belgian waffle ride. So yeah. everybody, you listening right now, Jack has told you what he's going to do. And if he doesn't do it, we can we can burn him alive on the show. So that's those are good. Mm-hmm. Those are good. I like that. And especially because Jack's, he's returning back to back to the sport in a certain extent and he's a busy fucking dude too mm-hmm. on top of that so that's 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 a good one mine mine are fairly similar i have three i have and my my every year i have 20 start lines i always want to start at least 20 events and and those are pay entry fee events not thursday night tnt's tnt's mm-hmm. uh there are actual t- entry put a number on race so 20 start lines. My second one is um, very personal that I have not just, I, I, it's not personal anymore because I basically say it to thousands of people every week. Um, <laughs> I want to get under 190. 190 pounds or under. I got to 195 this year. I am not 195 now. I, I'm, I'm, I'll throw it out there. I am at 206 right now. I'm back up above 200. I've had a very nice winter, and it's been delicious. And... Um, <laughs> So I want to get 190 or under, and um, and on a personal note, I want to compete the the complete the and this is a challenge that Paul said he never does, but I want to complete the Pack Filler Ambassador Challenge. I want to I want to kind of put my money where my mouth is and do those ch- those ten efforts uh, throughout the year. So there we go. Uh, anybody want to jump into this uh, pool of tepid water? <laughs> sure. Tepid. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think as I mentioned before, uh, I want to race my way up to a cat too. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty special, um, especially with the teammates. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to win something kind of big, whether it be like a couple day race or whether it be like a one day kind of one off race locally. I think that'd be kind of cool. Cross cross line first. Pretty cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think I could probably do pretty well on like a rendezvous Palouse type of thing. Um, And then, oh, I had another one. well, there it goes. Um, but I will think of one on the spot. I think world peace. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I remember <laughs> what it is. Um, I really want to be able to figure out that mental state between like, I, I want to be able to figure out the mental state that I couldn't with soccer, how everything's not so like pressurized. I want to take the pressure off myself, but I also really want to be able to like do well in the environment that I put myself in. So that's another one that I'm really I talk about that. Like the switch. Mm-hmm. To be able to put your your competitive switch on, and then when the race is over, turn it back off. Yeah, and, I th- I think I it. yeah exactly. I think I can do that pretty well, but I think I put a lot of pressure on myself. Okay. I did it with yeah when I raced cross country in grade school for Christ's sake. You did, so. you did, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I want to be able to toe that line between the two. Manage that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Those are good. Those are very good. Paul, the bar set high. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, for me, uh, first one off is since. I averaged almost one ride a week. It'll be easy to top this one up. <laughs> I want to do no less than, than three, do f- four or five rides a week. And that's, I think, possible. Now I kind of like grasp that. on things. I like uh, that's that a gonna, lot. I might have to do that one. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm taking it. So, And then I'd like to, probably in April, do at least one race a month, whether I have to travel or not. Um, April, so, May, June, July. Yeah, and, and I looked ours. at the uh, 
the calendar and it's pretty sparse right now. I think people are still kind of whether they just gave up on because of COVID in the last couple of years, they don't yeah. have the funds or whether they're waiting to see how things turn out. But it looks pretty sparse. But I'm, I'll try and shoot for all the way up to August. And then September, possibly do the Grand Fondo. Maybe that's what yeah. we could get Jack into. Yeah, that's his one, crazy, so. his long one. Yeah. yeah. So those are the uh, two so far. And the third one is, I think I'll I'll, I'll really work hard on not bashing disc brakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't. I can't do that. No, that's not. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Come that's on, man. Not that's like saying world peace. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. exactly. Come yeah. on. But man. my mine is too to get get yeah. down to see where I perform at at my race weight, which is yeah. about 160, 150, 860 pounds. So, um, and I think that you know yeah. I'll do all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He only he's only been drinking one beer at the show. I don't yeah. know if people have been noticing. But that. I go home I've and I split it. a bottle of wine with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, uh, gentlemen, and I, I promise this, and I don't know if you guys knew this was coming, but um, I didn't give you your Christmas gifts before the show, before Christmas. Um, they all haven't come yet. Um, everybody uh, gets too little. To, don't go delusions grandeur here because you know they aren't really high set of tubular yeah when i yeah. <laughs> uh when i was when i was doing the shopping it looked so much better when i was digital i don't never mind i'm not going to apologize before i even hand something out yeah but um jack's gift is also here but i um one of the two has arrived for all three of you so um oh. so i i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna hand you guys your your little chintzy gifts now keep in mind that it's the thought Okay, Is I can explain soap? behind them. No, it's not fruity soap. Oh, all right, um, and they're wrapped in in Christmas napkins because that's all I could find <laughs> before the show started. So Jackson, Paul, and all there's right. a story behind each of them. I don't know who wants to go first, go ahead, but uh, okay, okay. okay. Uh, so it, you know, where'd you get the wrapping? It's beautiful. <laughs> Save it. <laughs> this uh, pretty okay. awesome coasters. <laughs> Oh, are these all the jerseys? They are. You got to open them up, probably. Okay, if you want. okay, but okay. Yeah, they are all. They're there. You have your new apartment. So I was thinking, classy looking cycling themed coasters, coasters for your nice. coffee Ooh. table. So we have the Mayo Jaune. Mayo Jaune. That's the camera. Yeah. We have the King of the Mountains jersey. Don't know how to pronounce that in French. Yeah. We also have. Ooh, the. The green jersey. Yeah. The one that'll go on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and the pink jersey, too. And I like that addition. Your mom said, oh, those are look cute enough that the his girlfriend will let him put those on a, on a coffee yeah. table. Those are cool. Thank you so much. There's something else coming, but I, I can't wait for it to come because it's more personalized. There we go. Paul? All right. I'm going to open it up like a kid. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get into this, it. You need to know my <laughs> reasoning behind this. First of all, I thought it was going to be like twice the size. Oh no! I did. Peru Bay, Le <laughs> Oh, awesome! This I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna like, super glue on my stem. Desktop no. Peloton. Yeah, that is I guess cool. is the guy. He makes these in England and, uh -huh. and in the UK. And I, awesome. it, I saw that one. And it was all Peru Bay. I was like, uh -huh. that is so cool. I thought it was gonna be like, like a GI Joe size. <laughs> And so I can like you're pretend gonna, like no, it's, gonna, it's got some lift to it. Does it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Feel, feel the weight yeah, of that. Weight to it. It's not. It's not a piece of plastic. Oh shit! It's, oh no. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. I feel a little better. Yeah. So your other ones are uh, you're coming. Should I let Jack just see his, or should I show it to the camera? Ah, right yeah, now? show it to the camera. Oh, yeah, show it to the camera. Jack, if if he's not gonna show up, this is how he gets treated. 
Jack yes, is also, yeah. and if anybody wants to trade out, Jack is also in the coaster world. Jack gets uh, retro 1980s team coasters. This is wow. uh, La Vie Claire. Ooh. This is 7-Eleven. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Cos. Renault. Peugeot. And Zed. Z. Those are Jack's coasters. I figured he'd, you know, he'd be. But although if he's going to stop drinking, or he could uh, I mean, he put his uh, athletic brewing. Yeah, oh, whoa, uh, Paul you. with the plug. Yeah. There we go. So those are for Jack. <laughs> and and like I said, the one I really kind of tried to individually personalize as much as possible didn't arrive. <laughs> You guys, thanks for a good yeah, year. Thank you. Yeah, good, thank you. Thank you. With yeah. the podcast this year. And um, I appreciate all that. And everybody out there, thank you guys for a great 2021. Um, I usually don't like to talk about this, but we have, uh, our, our, you, because of you and because of you telling friends about the show, our listenership has, has grown immensely. We have been constantly ranked in the top 50 on, on iTunes for cycling podcasts. And that doesn't sound like a great thing, but that is actually gigantic considering there are hundreds of thousands of cycling podcasts out there. And we appreciate you guys doing that. Um, keep telling friends, keep showing up, keep t- you know convincing people to join our little cult here and um, keep the rubber side down and have a great and safe new year. Hug those around you, I guess. Is that too cliche and cheesy to say? No. Nah, Fuck it, I said it. Yeah. But yeah. I ended with a swear word, so there, there we go. go. All right. Okay. Uh, see everybody in 2022. See you next year. Nah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 